You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. In today's program, Father Paul explains how the dust of the ground is the curse and uncovers a parallel in the text between Adam in the story and the kings that oppress the city, a reading that hinges on the versatility of the Hebrew word mashal. I am very happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. This text is perhaps out of the four chapters, the Toledot of the heavens and the earth, is the most pregnant in the sense of being dense, and it already refers to the rest of the scriptural teaching. Remember, in my book, I stressed time and again that we have the whole message in the first four chapters. Very interesting, very powerful, and through this we'll understand why the curse actually is ultimately the punishment. Well, let's begin with a little bit of logic. (laughs) I mean, not Greek philosophical logic, but pure basic factual logic. If Adam and Eve would have been put to death, we would not have been doing this podcast today. As simple as that. (laughs) In other words, you need to have a biblical story. Okay, but this put aside, we go to the text and we hear that the first expression of cursed is against the serpent, which is very interesting. Remember last time I said the serpent is obviously Plato, Greek philosophy and so on, that Paul condemned in 1 Corinthians. People assume that they are making sense, but the scriptural teaching ultimately is that you obey God who takes care of you. You don't argue because you don't know you are just a sheep. As I said in my book, the maximum you can do is to say, bah, or be lost in the wilderness and not be any more functional. And that is very important. Remember, since I mentioned 1 Corinthians, later in 2 Corinthians, Paul, and actually I referred to this in my book, uses the critique of Greek philosophy at the end, in the passage where he says, I have kept you pure, unlike Eve that disobeyed. He's speaking about the church of Corinth. And there he uses at least twice words that relate to the root phronimos, which is the Greek rendering of the arum of the serpent. So it's really very powerful. I'm going to do this overview of scripture at almost every verse, because that's why the text is there, to prepare for the move between Adam and Eve in the garden to us, humanity, the children of Adam and Eve, outside the garden. 
remember in chapter 4 we hear that the man knew his wife. This was at the beginning of 4, outside the garden. So not only the birth of Cain, but his conception was done outside the garden. So in the garden we have just the serpent, the man, and Eve. But let's go back. So the curse, which becomes a central issue in Leviticus and Deuteronomy and the rest of the Bible. Why? Because the curse is the opposite of the blessing. Okay. Remember in Genesis 1, God blessed his creation. And now suddenly we hear about the total opposite, the curse. So if one is attuned to that, one understands that curse is the opposite of the blessing that secures life. And thus, curse is an expression of death. You are no more functional in the same way, meaning that you have to suffer, to toil. It's like the famine, the fire during the siege, which is part of the curse. So it's the serpent above all cattle and above all wild animals, upon your belly you shall go. Obviously, the serpent already went on his belly. It's like the woman already had childbirth. One does not need to imagine that everything was done nicely, that if Eve would have stayed in the garden, she would have been smiling while giving birth. I mean, uh, these are stupidities that were developed, you know, that have nothing to do with the text. But the main thing about the belly on the ground is to prepare dust you shall eat all the days of your life. And dust, we have it for the first time, but in a few verses we shall hear that God will address the man, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. So, Again, we have to learn to hear these things. I'm jumping because I would like to help my hearers. But the hearers should listen to this text like 20 times in a row, and they will get it. That is the intention, that the dust is the punishment. Remember the difference between Adama and Afar. Adama is the ground, the dust of the ground. The dust are the particles that makes the Adama. It's like when you speak of a building and then the stones part of the building. It's the total dismantling because the ground is functional, but dust is not functional. So that's the first strike. Then we have a very interesting verse. I will put an enmity, enmity between you and the woman now. You see, the seed later will bring us to the man, but for the time being, it's the woman. It's the seed between the two. And that is very important. If we listen to Scripture and not make the patristic Christological jump, you know how the fathers, you have to find Christ at every comma and period and semicolon and half a verse and so on. I mean, that's ridiculous. Let me mention it. We'll discuss it when we get there. At the end of chapter 4, which is still part of the Toledot of the heavens and the earth, 
we shall hear that instead of Abel, the woman produces another seed. And here I shall attack again RSV that against all the other translations, including the KJV and the Jerusalem Bible and so on, decides to make it a hallmark card and say that she had another child. That is really, what can I say? <laughs> the seed is very important because as I shall make the comment there, this prophecy is realized not in Jesus Christ, but in Seth that took the place of Abel. And Seth will dislodge Cain and he will become the son of the genealogy, the Toledot of Adam in chapter 5. So if we listen to the original, this is when the woman bruises the head of the serpent, who through, if you like, indirectly his teaching, the killer Cain succumbs to sin and kills his brother. And out of that, God is able to grant the woman a new seed. Very important. Seed is the alpha, the beginning of a new situation. Okay. So very important. And you can already hear that the woman will have the upper hand, or at least the seed of the woman will have the upper hand because it says that the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent, while the seed of the serpent will be able to bruise the heel of the seed of the woman. And then we have in 16, what I already mentioned earlier, that if you like, it's the outcome of the option of Adam, who was unhappy with the other animals that were made out of the ground. He wanted someone technically he would control. Remember when I said that he named him Isha, coming from him, the Ish, bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And there I made the comment, this prepares us for the control that the male human being will have over the female human being throughout ancient history and until today. But more importantly, the king who rules as an oppressor over his city and not so much as a father who takes care of the city. So we hear at the end of 16, your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. And this rule in Hebrew is precisely the verb mashal, which is the rule of the monarchs in the Old Testament. As an aside, again, very important, you know, the Bible is, how shall I put it, uh, <laughs> really trickier than it looks. It's powerful because mashal, is also the ruling through the teaching, through mashal, which is the parable. So instead of the king, remember how Solomon 
will ask for wisdom to rule his people, and then he and his son Rehoboam will flog their people instead by raising money and taxes to build their own buildings and so on. So there is a play. Let me push the aside to remind my hearers that ultimately we have to listen to the scriptural text in the original to get all that. It's impossible to get it through translation. That mashal in itself is a verb. It can be pushed to become negative against its original intention. And I discussed this already in chapter one when I discussed the two verbs that are used about the man ruling over the animals and the rest of creation. It's not that it is so. That's what it means. And then we go on an aside to develop our theology. Now, it's the text that leads you to realize that ultimately, unless the knowledge is according to the will of God, is detrimental. And the ruling, unless it is according to the will of God, is detrimental. And Jesus will push this to the extreme when he says to Peter, you cannot rule by the sword because then you're going to cut the ear, which is the organ through which the one facing you will receive the teaching of the gospel, which is the gospel of peace through the word. So I know I'm pushing the issue, but I hope that my hearers will understand one day how I'm getting there. And they have to make the effort to learn the original, be open, be open. In other words, listen for a long time before moving their lips. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.